You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Rewind Football Fantasy. Fantasy Football Rewind. Welcome to Fantasy Football Rewind. What a crazy week 15 was. Dallas game last night. The New England game. Insanity. But nothing. Nothing. May reach the insanity of what I just read. And in fact, it's hard to believe. But I'm going to let you guys know what it is. And when it's insane, it involves the Cleveland Browns. Browns coach Hugh Jackson did not commit to studying Deshaun Kaiser the final two games of the season. Kaiser was dreadful against the Ravens. He's been dreadful all year. He committed three bad turnovers, including the sixth red zone interception of the season, which leads the league. Jackson has said Kaiser will finish the season as the starter, but they left open the door for a benching after the game. If the best decision is to move forward in a different direction, we will, Jackson said. At the same time, I want him to finish this if he can. We will see. The coach also said he thinks it's a fair question if Kaiser will ever get it, which unfortunately is not the worst thing. Cleveland's power structure has said to the media about their players in the last week, the Browns traveled to Chicago on Sunday. And then Pittsburgh... They gotta win here, man. They gotta win here. This is crazy that this guy can flip flop like this and still have a job. Now, supposedly Marvin Lewis is gonna have a job next year and he's leaving the Bengals and seems like he's gonna slide in somewhere. I think a lot of people expect it to be the Bears. But what if it was Cleveland? Staying in Ohio. Play your old team twice a year. That would be rock solid, right? That would be rock solid. And that would be insanity. You gotta like a little insanity. Rex Burkhead has a sprained knee, according to the Patriots. Ezekiel Elliott reports the Cowboys today. Antonio Brown is a partially torn calf. According to Schefter, Brown is unlikely to play in Week 16, but he's expected to be back for the postseason. The news obviously does not help owners to use Brown in fantasy football, but if you're a Steelers fan, you can get it done. How about Marquise Goodwin in another 100-yard game? He's the man, and Jimmy Garoppolo 
381 yards, 381 yards for Jimmy G, who's a man getting it done. You'll listen to Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tommy Scott. We're back with more fantasy after this. that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada, and I got to tell you, we got to go to our guys on the frenzy as they got fantasy football injury updates. And there got to be some, man. There got to be a list pretty damn long. Here is Matt Modica, and it looks like Greg Sussman filling in for Corey Parsons. Talk to me. Hey, guys. Okay, so it sounds like we, uh, his audio's going in and out too, but uh, it sounds like we have the audio, uh, but not the video quite yet uh, of Tracy, so um, let's, let's, try to, let's, let's try to go to Tracy, because, you know, why not? Let's do it. Tracy Hankin, Inside Injuries, what's happening? Hey, good morning, guys, how are you? Hi, we're doing really well, Tracy, how are you? I'm, I'm great, thanks. Awesome. So, let's get right into it, right? The big story from yesterday was Antonio Brown and what was called initially a calf contusion that we all realized wasn't quite a contusion when they sent him to the hospital with a bruise. What's going on with Antonio Brown? Yeah, so um, Antonio Brown, as, as you now know, many of us have seen replayed a thousand times this morning, uh, has suffered from being sandwiched between a couple of defenders uh, in the end zone last night. He kind of landed awkwardly and then twisted around that calf muscle. Uh, they have now confirmed that it's a partially torn calf muscle. The reason that he likely went to the hospital, although the, the team has not confirmed this yet, is because in that type of situation when the player is claiming that there's a lot of pain in that area, you worry about potential fracture, you worry about internal bleeding, um, things such as compartment syndrome can happen where the internal bleeding, bleeding causes pain because you're, you're getting quite a bit of pressure and buildup in that area. So likely the hospital, hospital visit was precautionary uh, because he seems to have been 
cleared um, from any more serious injury. And it seems to be what we suspected in the beginning, which is a partially torn calf muscle. Unfortunately for fantasy folks, that's going to keep him out of the fantasy plus. But as long as he rests and rehabs, then he should be back between three and four weeks for the team's playoff run. So three to four weeks, Matt, whether they get the buy or not, it sounds like he'll be good to go either way. Yeah, no, you definitely want to see him in the playoffs. You want to see him versus the Jacksonville or New England, one of those key matchups, if it turns out to be that way. So at least he could come back for the NFL playoffs. Well, which, which is obviously huge. Getting Antonio Brown back for the regular playoffs uh, is big. But if you had Antonio Brown, Week 16, your fantasy playoffs, the guy that we said should be 1-1 next year, Devastating. I'm, Absolutely I'm, devastating. I'm devastated. I mean, I was watching that. I had uh, you know dreams of the 100K and... That's probably going to be dead. The team just got popped. Yeah, it's, you know, one of the best players, as you said. One, Leave one, one, one two. Not, yeah. So, it's, a, it's unfortunate in it, that aspect. Antonio Brown wasn't the only wide receiver to go down yesterday, Tracy. Devontae Adams got popped with another concussion, a blindsided hit again. His second concussion of the season. He's third in the last two seasons. Uh, how bad is this particular concussion? Yeah, it's hard to tell right now, but as you said, his third concussion in the last two seasons, which leads us to believe that they are going to treat him with extreme caution. So we'll have to wait and see how he progresses through the protocol, you know, when he's even allowed to come back to the facility uh, to have team meetings. uh, And then, of course, sort of progress on to walk things like walkthroughs. Uh, we're we're anticipating that they're going to be extremely cautious, though, given his history. So, again, for fantasy owners, if you were counting on him, you got to look for an alternative. Um, for the Packers, you know, if they can hold in hold in there and uh, hope for some other teams to help him out, then maybe he'll be back in about three weeks is our best guess based on what we know right now. So three weeks, would, much like Antonio Brown, would cost him the rest of the fantasy season as well, either if you play into week 17, which, is, which you shouldn't. Um, but Yeah, so Adams, Brown, two guys that were really, you know... Wide receiver ones. Yeah, they were killing it this season. This would be... Uh... Now, let's stay with the wide receivers. Keenan Allen, I you know, Saturday night, we kind of all forgot about it. Yeah. It was kind of off our radar yesterday. We were so into the you know slate yesterday and I got the text message this morning from one of my partners in a, in a game we were going to the championship and we have Keenan Allen should we expect to be playing him I think you got to be really careful with Keenan Allen you know they, they they haven't said a lot about the nature of the back injury but based on the data that we do have and how our algorithm is looking at the risk analysis related to that plus all of his data injury data from the past we're going to exercise extreme caution and we would advise fantasy players again if you're in the playoffs for your fantasy leagues uh, you probably need to look elsewhere for an alternative because we think the minimum optimal recovery time for him is going to be three weeks what what, what is wrong with Keenan Allen I, I didn't even I haven't even heard, heard what's wrong with him yet Tracy we we know it was a back injury and we, we, but we don't know how severe the back injury was. We are anticipating they're going to come out, and with the data that they released, probably today, tomorrow, uh, possibly the next day, we are anticipating that it's going to be either a grade one or grade two back injury. They were probably ex- exercising caution in terms of carting him off the field, um, but 
again, we'll know more in the next couple of days. As we said, Keenan Allen was smiling and waving on the cart as he got um, as he got carted off back to the locker. And listen, the Chargers are still in this thing. So unlike Devontae Adams, where the Packers may be out pending tonight, and unlike Antonio Brown, where things are, are kind of locked up and they can't really force him back, Keenan Allen may push himself to play. But Tracy says, listen, as a fantasy owner, you don't want to push him given his injury history. If you're a Keenan Allen owner and he's active on Sunday, you gotta are you going to play him, Matt? I don't know. I still I, I need time to mull this one over. I, I think, you know, I'm probably going to see if I have a better option. Uh, I know my partner hates Golden Tate now and all the all the text that he sent me on that, but <laughs> I may have to go Golden Tate against that uh, Bengals team that gave up. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's a good point. The Bengals, haven't, having given up, obviously make like a good play. We're talking to Tracy Hankin, inside injuries, and yet there was another wide receiver that got hurt this weekend. And that was someone that's been really good. Maybe not that Antonio Brown, Devontae Adams level, but Marquise Lee on a season where the Jacksonville Jaguars have really surprised, has taken over the number one wide receiver role for the Jaguars with Allen Robinson going down. And yet it was yesterday where Lee went down. How serious is Lee's ankle injury? You know, we, again, just overnight, we haven't gotten a lot of new data on his injury, but he's one of those guys where um, we expect that given how important that ankle is to pushing off, um, cutting on your routes, uh, for any type of ankle or lower extremity issue on a wide receiver, you've got a lot of sensitivity. So again, in this case, we're going to exercise extreme caution related to playing him in the fantasy playoffs for those folks who are left in. We would really, really urge you guys to look for alternatives. Um, for the crazy fans, we're hoping that he, you know, can come back with an optimal recovery time of somewhere in the neighborhood of three weeks. But again, with his injury, we will likely have a lot more data today and tomorrow, and we'd be able to give a better optimal recovery time. And this is a little bit different, Matt, because the Jaguars, uh, who are going to make the playoffs, and are most likely not going to get that bye. They need Marquise Lee healthy for that Uh given the team that they play this week in the Niners, they very well could rest him, which if you're desperate here facing the Niners, this is a situation you could look to uh, with a Keelan Cole. I don't know if D.D. Westbrook's out there, but Keelan Cole basically could be someone you want to pick up. You know, Keelan Cole would be the guy for me if I have to go pick up one of these. And Alan Hearns could be back too. Yeah, and well, if Hearns comes back, Hearns is you know proven to be a guy that can get the ball in the end zone. So there's that. But I want to go to the running back situation, and I want to double dip. My boy Rex Burkhead went down, and I was not happy about that. But more importantly for the fantasy landscape, big Leonard Fournette. What can we expect about Fournette? Is he a guy that could be in our lineups for the, for the championship game? I'll tell you. So Leonard Fournette, we've talked about him a couple of times now over the course of the last week. Again, a reminder to the folks who haven't heard, he has suffered from lower extremity issues on again, off again throughout the years, um, you know, even going back to college days uh, and and especially his time at, at LSU where he had quite a few ankle issues that he dealt with. So with Leonard Fournette, we want to, we as, you know, sort of looking at the injury history and the risk profile for Leonard Fournette, ideally we would tell people to rest him for three to four weeks and don't count on any real production from him over that course of time. The team, however, has come out and said he's going to play next week. So they feel that he is progressing along well enough that they can count on him next week. So uh, I think it depends on your specific situation from a fantasy perspective in terms of whether or not you really need him out there, what your alternatives are. We would still express caution, though, and ideally, you know, you'd give him another I'll say three weeks. 
uh, at, at a minimum to rest up. It seems to be the key here, three weeks, and there's just no way the Jaguars are going to give him three weeks to rest up uh, with the playoffs here, with the way Chris Irie looked yesterday. That's not going to happen. Uh, Rex Burkhead, on the other hand, uh, will he be back for the playoffs, Tracy? I don't think he's going to be back for the fantasy playoffs, but I do think he'll be back for the Patriots run. Uh, the great news related to Rex Burkhead is that he did avoid an ACL injury and any more serious knee-related injury. It seems that it's likely an MCL sprain. That's what we, we've gotten so far uh, from the data that we've collected. Now, you're not going to like what I have to say, but you know, ideally, this, this injury, you, his position, you'd give him four weeks to rest before he comes back and can kind of uh, be counted on for his regular production. Um, the team may be able to give him a couple weeks. I'm not sure they'll be able to stretch him to four. And I think that's I think that's okay with the playoffs on the horizon. Uh, Patriots going to get that by. Uh, I think they're the one team that actually can give him exactly the four weeks that he needs to get him ready. There you have injury updates. You listen to Fantasy Football Frenzy. Uh, Corey Parson not in today on the Frenzy. Um, so we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll get some more player updates. You're listening to Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada. Don't go anywhere. More information next. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses. No strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to Stand Up Fantasy. My name is Tony Cicada. I'm checking out the Fantasy Football Frenzy. Greg Sussman's in for Corey Parson today. And uh, we don't have any word or updates on Corey Parson, the injury situation. Uh, but if we have him, we'll get to The Goon Hour! Rocking and rolling with you. All I get Jake Seely, Matt Modica, it's Wall Street, I'm Greg Sussman, 844-843-6879, and in all of the hoopla surrounding Aaron Rodgers' return, we talked so much about Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, but one thing that Mike Florio was the first person to bring up to me was... How does this affect Jamal Williams? We saw that yesterday, Jake, that affected Jamal Williams in a monster negative way. He was terrible, and he crushed fantasy owners yesterday. Yeah, I see. The fact is, is I don't know how terrible he was in his own right. He's terrible from a fantasy perspective, 10 for 30, but the 10 is the biggest problem because if you look at Aaron Jones, I just saw the stat 
26 of 70 snaps yesterday, 37%. That doesn't sound like a huge number, but he had never topped eight snaps in the previous couple games where Jamal Williams was dominating this backfield. And I don't think it's necessarily as big as the Aaron Jones versus Jamal Williams factor, but it's very possible that Aaron Jones is preferred by Aaron Rodgers. And then the second part of it here is the fact that Aaron Rodgers at quarterback always hurts the running back in general. I didn't think it was going to happen to this degree, especially because Jamal Williams is a decent pass catcher, and I thought he would be on the field as he was for the three weeks before because I thought, hey, the Packers see what he's doing. Why would you turn away from that? That was obviously wrong. So if Aaron Rodgers is back at quarterback this week, I know that's a big question. Facing the Vikings, I think you have to have a huge – I wouldn't want to start either one of them. If Aaron Rodgers is gone and it's Brett Hundley at quarterback, I might feel a little bit better about Jamal Williams, but I still don't think I'm going to feel that comfortable going against the Vikings run defense with either one of them. That biggest concern, like I said, is the fact that Aaron Jones' snap count went up, but I think that's the biggest thing that we have to look at here. It's interesting. Aaron Jones' snap count went up, as Jake just said, but Matt, what surprised me was Aaron Jones only got those three carries, and they didn't give him another carry after that. He had two, like, 20-plus yeah, carries. Two. Why did they go back to him? Right. I, I mean, maybe because they were from... Wanted behind playing from yeah. behind and stuff, but yeah, it was just I wasn't. I was looking at the matchup. Carolina is good against the run. Rodgers comes back. I figured they're gonna have to beat him through the air. You know, Rodgers is gonna sling it anyway. And unless it fell into like where they were on the one yard line or two yard line, in most situations, I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers is throwing a touchdown pass as opposed to Williams getting that run in. So yeah, I'm with Jake. If it's Hunley. I'm still apprehensive here. Because of the Vikings. It's the Vikings, and you've seen what Aaron Jones did. And if they're splitting it, you don't know how that's going to end up. I mean, Jamal Williams did play very well with Hundley at the quarterback position. But it's going to be a, a big-time dilemma come championship Sunday. Jake, I noticed on one of the Rodgers' interceptions, if he just gets it to Jordy, everything changes because this whole mindset of a Jordy once again underperformed. He underthrew him. It was one of those typical Aaron Rodgers to Jordy Nelson's uh, long touchdowns that we have accustomed to seeing over the last decade. And ultimately, Aaron Rodgers just underthrew him. That wasn't Jordy's fault. Yep. If Rodgers plays on Sunday, is there a chance that you go back to the well with Jordy? No, I don't, because that was one of two plays where Jordy Nelson actually got separation, <laughs> and that was pretty much by design. And the fact is, we talked about this earlier in the first hours, Jordy Nelson is not separating. He's looking his age at this point, which is sad. And the biggest thing we said with Rodgers coming back at quarterback is Jordy Nelson about the touchdowns. Go back to earlier this season, and I was making that argument against Devontae Adams and him, saying that Jordy Nelson is the more touchdown reliant between the two, six touchdowns in four games. But Aaron Rodgers looks for him. Aaron Rodgers is throwing touchdowns. It's a good chance, 50-50 chance that one of them is at least going to Jordy Nelson. So you saw yesterday that the added pressure from the offensive line was making Rodgers get the ball out quicker, and Jordy Nelson isn't given time. Jordy Nelson needs a couple seconds to separate if he's going to. And if he has to make those quick decisions, it's not going to be Nelson. And now, going into this matchup this week, we're assuming as of today no Devontae Adams after that concussion. Right. He's had multiple at this point. Well, guess what? That means Xavier Rose is on Jordy Nelson. If Jordy Nelson can't get separation last week, there ain't no way in hell he's getting separation from Xavier Rose this week. It's, Devon- it, it's, a, really, it's a really good point. What surprised me, Matt, sorry for cutting you off, what surprised me was how much Aaron Rodgers was running the ball yesterday. Like, I know they didn't have any design runs except for fourth down, but he ran for over 40 yards. Yeah, he had he had a pretty much run for his life. And, right. You know, the greatness that he is Aaron Rodgers is the fact that he can extend these plays, move in the pocket and stuff. But you got to think this weekend that the Vikings with a chance to, you know, they're looking to wrap up home field throughout. They do need the, they do need the Eagles to lose a game and stuff like that. 
But if they get the opportunity to beat down on the Packers with no Devontae Adams saying he don't play, they're going to take every opportunity to do that and relish on it. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt. Uh, and they play Saturday. They will do that. They play Saturday so night yeah, they're gonna have, in yeah, Green Bay. They're not going to be able to wait for it. They're going to have to make their move. Like They're not going to be able to sit back and wait and look at results. So they're going to have to be aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget, uh, if you're waiting for Adams to get cleared, it's not going to happen. It's in one less day. It's his third concussion in two years. You just heard uh, Tracy sure, mention it. That would be that would have been uh, an indictment on the NFL <laughs> if this guy is clear. You think he's going to play, uh, don't you, don't Jake? Hold well, because that would have happened last year. The guy came back for a Four Thursday days. night football game. Yeah. But now it's, I mean, now it's three in the span of just over a year. Second one this season. And the first one looked like he got his head taken off. Right. This one, I mean, these these weren't like, you know. This I, one, look, I, I agree, but it's, it's medical is medical. Like, if you go through the process and you are cleared at each stage of it, I mean, you're cleared, you're cleared. I, I agree with you. It's a, It would be insane to think that he's going to be cleared. But for what we said last year, said there's no way on earth somebody's going to get cleared in four days. And he passed everything along the way. So, you know, maybe his head bounces back easily. This one, you know, at least at least he was walking off. Like, I understand, like, he held his head on the ground. But he got off, helmet off. He's walking in the locker room. He's talking trash. No one's talking about this. But they got, they got him giving the middle finger to the fans in Carolina yesterday. So he was aware, which makes me feel good about him. I don't think he plays this weekend, but I do feel good that he was aware of what was going on yesterday. What if, what if you have, and this is very possible that you do, you have... Antonio Brown and Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, it's extremely possible that you do. You came back with Devontae Adams in like the third round. That was one guy I think a lot of us were really, really high on and really, really right about. You're, you feel like crap. You feel like absolute crap I'm right in, now. I'm in, I'm in three different leagues where I have owners in that situation. One of them is my home league. The guy texted me yesterday. He's like, I can't believe I just got knocked out. He had he has Julio Adams, uh, Antonio Brown. It was an auction league, so he got Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. And then I forget, he's got a stud at like, his fourth wide receiver, too. But he's down, too, and he's going to get booted. That's It's crazy. It's just unlucky is what that is. As lucky as you were if you had Gurley and Hunt yesterday, that's, how, <laughs> that's the other side of it. Yeah. You're hoping, look, you've... Saturday night was actually that was that was pretty damn fun. I it was to, very fun. I, I was enjoying the Kareem. I was I watched the first half, a little of the second half. Then I was driving home, got to hear Kareem Hunt's second touchdown on the radio, and they made it sound like he just totally destroyed Casey Haywood. I mean, I, I saw the replay. He he, it, it was a really nice run, and it was worth the uh, my wife yelling at me and stuff. Like, put, <laughs> put the damn Christmas music on already. <laughs> For me, I was. Can I ask you something about that, real quick? Mm-hmm. No, not that. You, Greg. Oh. I saw, I saw the video. Was it Christmas music? Were you asking me about Kareem Hunt no. or Christmas music? I don't no, know no, anything no. about Christmas no, music. It was the talk. You know, you mentioned Todd Gurley. I was going to ask you about sure. Todd Gurley. I was going to say, is there any thought in anybody's mind next year of him being a higher pick than Le'Veon Bell? He's got 40 more points than Bell in standard, 10 more in PPR, and he doesn't have the injury history. Is it the injury Younger. history or, or, or the let's be honest, the, the drug history either does Todd Gurley. Uh, never been suspended, of course, in his three years now uh, in the NFL. Todd Gurley leading the league in touchdowns. Is there any thought, Matt, that Todd Gurley should go ahead of Le'Veon Bell? I can see people doing that. I can see him. I mean, i got to think the consensus top three is going to be Gurley, Bell, and A.B. And what about David Johnson? And yeah, you got David. See, look, I forgot about David Johnson. That's, that's, a, core, that's right a core four right there. Yeah, you got that, and then you got Zeke. And you got Hunt. Zeke as well, yeah. Kareem Hunt as well. Yeah, well, I'm, This I'm first round's people, pretty good. People say, yeah, it is. you know, uh, Kareem Hunt's back on the map for Rookie of the Year. He should be. I mean, I heard something over the weekend I couldn't believe from a smart guy, Mama Clay Clay, saying that after week three, Kareem Hunt was worthless, which is not, which is totally dishonest. Because the guy averaged 11.7 points from week four to 
prior to these last two weeks. He did have three games under 10 points. One was 9.8, 9.3, and that miserable game of like two points something. Listen, as soon so, as... as people just, I think people just got so used to those first three weeks of how amazing he was. Look, the touchdowns weren't there. That's not always his fault. They don't have the ball inside the five or whatever. And the opportunities were taken away from him starting in that Dallas game. And we saw 58... 58, 59 touches the last two weeks, 62 and a half uh, PPR points. As soon as Matt Nagy decided to make sure he gave the ball um, to Kareem Hunt, everything's changed, right? Like, I get it. He's not going to pop off on every play, and certain plays are going to be negative. But once he committed, Jake, to re-giving the ball to his running back, his star running back, this offense for Kansas City changed again. Well, let's that he didn't recommit. He gave up the play calling duties, and then the team said, "Oh, wow, you know, maybe we should not do what Reed was doing, no. which was being a knucklehead and not giving him the ball." So yes, once the play calling duties were taken away from him, Hunt was given the ball again. Look, and they're winning games. What a surprise! So you have to right now assume next year that even if Spencer wears back, that Hunt's going to be back in this touching the ball about twenty times per game, and that's so he deserves to be a top five running back easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I was liking. Kareem Hunt this year, even when Spencer Ware sure. is healthy. So you you, you definitely were. Doing the, you know, so I'm, I'm not worried about Spencer Ware. No, I'm not. Guys are not worried about Spencer Ware. Guys are uh, looking next year. we got baseball on the horizon for all you people out there. we got basketball. A lot of things happening. We're going to take a quick break. Come back with more fantasy football frenzy. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Cicada. We're listening to the Fantasy Football Frenzy with Jake Seeley, Matt Modica, and Greg Sussman in for the Fantasy Executive Corey Parson. Here are the guys getting it done. Somebody else on that snap counts. I actually had to do work to find this one, but I did find it for you. Okay. So there you go. What do you got? Carlos Hyde, 51 to 70. Matt Breed in 19-70. That's so interesting. He was only out there for 19 snaps. I watched a lot of this game because I had Carlos Hyde and I had Robbie Gold um, yesterday. You, wait, Robbie Gould, didn't he have like four field goals and 50 yards? Six, he had six field goals yesterday. Uh, so many people tweeting me complaining about Robbie Gould yesterday. I didn't if you listen to me at all, all week long, I told you to start Robbie Gould. I know you hate kickers, Jake, but I told you to start Robbie Gould last week. Just saying. Um, but when I came to Carlos Hyde as an owner... 
Matt Breida was out there. It felt like a lot. Clearly, it wasn't. I mean, Hyde more than double the snaps. That's what I wanted Jake to find out. But Carlos Hyde was really doing nothing, and I kind of predicted it, Jake, and I'm scared about it now. With Jimmy Garoppolo, this offense has entirely changed. There's no more dump-off passes like C.J. Beathard was doing earlier in the year. They're not relying on the ground game nearly as much. It has become the Jimmy Garoppolo show. But what happens next week in Jacksonville? Like, the I can't imagine Garoppolo moves the ball as easily. I can't imagine uh, Carlos Hyde has any room to, to, to work. Uh, what, do we, what do we think of all these Niners pieces that have actually been pretty good over the last couple of weeks? If you made it this far, don't start them. There's no way I want to yeah. start anybody, and that includes Marquise Goodwin. Who's like, Mark, look, the, the, the rapport is clear between Garoppolo and Marquise Goodwin, but the fact is Marquise Goodwin is going against Ramsey and Boyer, and then after him, I mean, he had a decent game last week with the matchup, but he's not going to be able to get away from anybody. Like last week, or yeah, just yesterday, he was able to get away from some plays. There's no getting away. you got Boyer and Ramsey the entire game, and if you somehow get away from that, then you have to deal with Tayshawn Gibson at safety. So this is just not a matchup you want to look for, and then ever since the Jaguars traded for Marcel Darius, they've been actually one of the best run defenses in the league. They used to be something you exploited them with. Not anymore. They've been inside the top 10, almost inside the top 5 since they traded for him. Nobody's even rushed for over more than 90 yards. Even Todd Gurley's decent game against them, a lot of it was in the passing game. He didn't rush for 90 yards against them. So if you look at it, I don't want Hyde because you just mentioned the fact that since Garoppolo's taken after quarter, over at quarterback, he was getting 4, 5, 6 catches per game. Now it's 1 or 2 because Garoppolo just doesn't go to him. Yeah, it, it, it's com- it's completely changed. I agree. If you have another better option than Carlos Hyde, I do. And I've said this all morning long. It's frustrating for me, Matt, uh, because my other option is to be Devontae Adams. It was like the no-brainer. I already had it planned. You put Devontae Adams in there in my flex, you move Carlos Hyde out. I just don't have that anymore. So now if your other options say, instead of Carlos Hyde, home versus Jags, Sam P. Ryan home versus Denver. Who would you go with? Oh. Piran. I guess Piran. I guess Piran. But I don't. I don't feel good about that. Yeah, me I neither. I'll probably do the same. We talked a lot about Cincinnati being broken. Washington feels very broken as well. Like, like, listen, I know they won yesterday. I know Kirk Cousins did the, the two touchdowns very early yesterday. But this offense has broke over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's not what we had expected. And if it wasn't for the fact that the Cardinals could only kick field goals, they would have lost that game. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they found the end zone. A lot of my man, Larry Fitzgerald. But they didn't. You know why, Greg? It's because the offensive line has been delete. Delete. <laughs> there you go. I know you'd appreciate that. I but did. yeah, the office, that's the biggest problem is the offensive line is just garbage. Capri Bibbs was surprised yesterday, but only because of the touchdown. Yep. And honestly, that's why P. Ryan is so risky because the offensive line is so poor that if he doesn't get a touchdown, it might be space and they might go back to Capri Bibbs again, despite the fact they just signed him off the street. I just, I, I'm with you is that this is a very worrisome team because of the offensive line. That's why they are broken. Yeah, he and and Jake's right. It's the it's the offensive line. No, um, yeah, I mean that's why I, I ran away from them. Like P. Ryan and Williams were not guys I wanted to start this week. In in, in really in most situations, yep. I would have rather taken a little more upside. Maybe got a little more riskier there. Now, not that they haven't been good backs. I'm not trying to say that. But you know what? I might ride Carlos Hard and hope that you know he falls in the end zone. He falls into the end zone or something. I, but if I got to go him, P. Ryan. I don't know. I'll say this: I'm going to ride. Uh, I'm going to ride Robbie Gold. You know, play Jacksonville. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to ride Robbie Gold. Sixty-yard field goals. <laughs> you never know. They in, have to get a field goal range from to actually have a chance. In Jimmy, we trust, baby. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Let's go to Isabel in California. What's going on, Isabel? Hi. Hey, what's up? 
I'm a pretty Latina tranny. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We'll move on. We'll move on from that. That was that that, that wasn't so great. Um, let's let's continue on here. Uh, talk about tonight a little bit between Atlanta and Tampa Bay. And this game tonight has a ton of fantasy implications, Jake. Because I know a lot of people have a lot on the line tonight because there's just so many fantasy players involved. From Julio and Devontae Freeman and Mohamed Sanu on one side to the other side with Tampa Bay, Mike Evans and Jameis Winston, O.J. Howard. There's a lot going on. What do you expect? Yeah, I think that you're looking for a game where you're hoping, fantasy-wise, that Jameis Winston could actually show up and remember who Mike Evans is because that's the biggest problem is Mike Evans has been a huge disappointment. So if that can happen, but Jameis Winston's been a turnover machine. So I think it's just the you start the guys that you were trusting in this game, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, and then hope that the Bucks can show up. But I expect this to be Atlanta Falcons game. I wouldn't be surprised if they run away with this one, like a 30-10, to 30-13 type of game. I'm predicting a uh, hundred points from Julio, Matt Ryan, and OJ Howard. <laughs> <laughs> You're predicting that or hoping no, for that? I'm hoping for that in my prime time league. But yeah, you're just hoping. You know, it's it's, it's a Julio night. People that have I'm I'm rooting for Mike Evans and uh, Jameis for Mike Florio. I want to see him move on in that aspect. And I I, I need Julio. Matt Ryan has the matchup, but Matt Ryan has disappointed a lot this year. Yeah, Matt Ryan is disappointed every turn, Jake. Is this the game he comes alive? No, I don't think so. I, I, unfortunately, I don't think so. Look, he's getting Trufant tonight, and he hasn't been. The fact is, is Winston is kind of, you hear this, butting heads with their Cotter and everything like that. I think that's because they want him to stop throwing interceptions, and now he's kind of taken that the other direction and said, well, the fine, I'll stop forcing the ball to Mike Evans. Yeah, you know, I, I I get it. But Winston and Ryan have let you down because they haven't forced the ball to their primary receivers, Julio and Mike Evans. It's a criticism we all have. And it's funny because, Matt, we've blamed the Kyle Shanahan thing um, on Matt, for Matt Ryan, and he hadn't gotten the offense until the second year every time he has an offense coordinator. Jimmy G seems to have no problem with Kyle Shanahan's offense. So I don't know what that says, but, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, and look, I've, Jimmy G, to me, there's no way, you, I don't know how you can start him this week. So, look, he's been great. Just don't start him in your championship game. If Even if he has a good game, then, you know, that was just. But you got, did the did the Patriots, the Patriots probably could have got more. <laughs> When you look at what this guy's done. The Patriots like, why the hell weren't the Browns involved with this? They for, had to. For a second-round pick and all the draft picks that they had. I agree. I mean, even the Bills. They have all, they have multiple second-round picks. Anybody! The Giants! Please! I mean, I could see not trading them in your division. So that I, that I could get. Right. But, I mean, the Browns are just like a lost score. Listen, the Niners are going to give him a solid contract. He deserves it now. Do you think the Browns win at uh-huh. Bears? Is that who they play this weekend? The Bears? No. No. They don't. I don't. I don't know. Browser, they they are, might. He already won't, he won't commit to Deshaun Kaiser for the rest of the game <laughs> next week already. This is, look, the quote was already the fact that Hugh. So Hugh said that where is it? It's the best decision to move forward in a different a different direction. We will. Oh God. Here we go again. Hugh Jackson is going to. Do you think here? Do you think Marvin Lewis ends up in Cleveland or Hugh Jackson ends up in Cincinnati? Because one of those two things are happening. Uh, I actually think neither. Neither really. Really. You don't think Marvin Lewis will go like, hang out with Hugh? Like, be his defensive coordinator or be his like, yeah. assistant head coach? No? All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess he ruined our fun there. 
Yeah, I'm just hoping. I'm hoping that somebody like a Fisher or a Lewis ends up in New York. Why do you? Why? I'm not a giant fan. What, what are you a giant hater for? Yeah. The wide right thing. That's what it was. Oh, that too. It's the wide I mean, right it's thing. New, it's it's New Jersey. It's not New York. Oh, you know who says that? Come on, they play in Jersey. You know who they says that? The, the king says that. It's the truth, though. So we hate you. Hate the Jets. They play in New Jersey. The Jets, because they moved from Shea Stadium, they went to Jersey and played in a place called Giant Stadium, which I, I could never understand. <laughs> Good, it's fine. But like, I live closer to where the Giants play than where the Buffalo Bills play. It's still the state of yeah. New York. <laughs> it's the state well, of. Well, blame New York then. It's their fault. Yeah, they had to move to New Jersey. Yeah, not wrong. Jake's not wrong with that. Um. What else we what what else do we got here? Matt brought up something up earlier, Jake. I want to throw this out there to you. Do you think that Case Keenum is an MVP candidate? No. Look, yeah. Does he deserve to be MVP candidate for that division? Okay, probably, arguably, but not for the entire league. There's there's too many people that are playing more important or not. It's just bigger factors for their team. He's been terrific. He's been a terrific surprise. He's playing great football. Nobody expected this of him. Is he probably, if you gave me 10 candidates to vote for, would he finish like sixth or seventh? Sure. But does he deserve, when you say candidate, I usually think about three or four guys that are going to be the lead for the vote. That right. I don't think he's quite on that level. How, well, we about, we how about this? The Vikings secure home field throughout the playoffs. And Super Bowl. Finish 13-3. and three. Listen, how is he not considered? Wentz is because hurt, it's the Brown's defense hurt. and other parts. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. So, okay. So you don't have Case Keenum, and you had to go with T.J. Yates or somebody like that. This team. Well, I mean, you could throw that. Okay, we don't have Case Keenum. What if you had Tom Brady? Like, I mean, we could throw out any name. This guy, but Case Keenum. When people said he was going to take over, he wasn't supposed to do anything for this team. This team. Yeah, this but team he was lost the game against the Panthers last week. I said. He, he brought them back and tied it up but under two minutes ago. Cam ran for 62 yards. That's not and they, and they wouldn't And That's they wouldn't have been in that fault. position if not. That wouldn't have been in the position if he didn't throw those two interceptions. What about Todd Gurley? Should what? he be in the conversation? Because he threw two interceptions on the road. He went and played four out of five games on the road. Lost one game. And a game that he brought uh, him he back. He lost the game. He lost one. Four out of five on a road, Jake. Are you kidding me? He lost the game. You know how tough it is? You know, end of argument. You're not, you're not making sense. You're not making sense. Wow. Wow, you are, you are, as we say in Italian, Gabatos. You are very thick-headed. Brady lost to Miami, for the record. Yeah, thank you. Take a break. We'll be back after this. There you have it. I don't agree with Brady Law. I mean, he didn't play well. There's no doubt about it, but... We made Jay Cutler look like uh, Joe Montana. Joe Montana! And Jay Cutler was not looking like Joe Montana yesterday. Stay tuned for more Fantasy Football Rewind. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet? 
you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyrotor.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Sakata. This is Fantasy Football Rewind. The Broncos placed Trevor Simeon on the injured reserve. This was expected after Simeon dislocated his shoulder last Thursday night. Unfortunately, this was the not the only quarterback news out of Denver. As Coach Vance Joseph said, he has yet to decide who to start the final two games. Simeon took a big step back in the third year. The Broncos need to find a better answer at the position. And Brock Osweiler played great last game. But I'm sure if Paxton Lynch is healthy, he's going to get the opportunity. they got to figure out if they blew a first-round pick or not with Paxton Lynch. How about Robert Woods? He catched six balls in his return yesterday and also had a touchdown. Six of seven targets, 45 yards, one touchdown in the Rams' 47, 42-7 demolishing of the Seattle Seahawks. Woods led all Rams baskets across the board on the day. Jared Goff attempted just 21 passes and threw for 120 yards in an easy win. Woods missed the previous three games with a shoulder issue, but picked up right where he left off before the injury. Woods' touchdown was a wide-open one-yard shot. And Woods will be against the Tennessee Titans' poor secondary next week. Get fired up. Rock it out. Rock it out. That's how you do it. We're going to take a quick break. Come back with hour number two of the Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 